You want a beer? You, you want a beer? Yeah, you want. Come on, come on, come on. You want? You want? You just, just say. <laughs> yeah, I know you want. Just go ahead and do it. Welcome <laughs> to the Pod Charles Cinecast, presented by the Prince Charles Cinema. This is your host Jonathan Foster, and I am here today with my cartoon boy, and he's in a real, real world today from Cartoon Land. It's Phil. How's it going, Phil? I'm in. I'm in 3D land. <laughs> I'm here, damn it. <laughs> um, I'm 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 good. Um, what's happening? How would how would Valentine? How's my Valentine's? It was, uh, sorry, I I don't do anything really for Valentine's Day most of the time. Most of the time, uh, Valentine's Day we save that for little Stevie's birthday, little Stevie Wondernicks, our little cat. Oh, because we got her like about eight weeks or so removed from uh valentine's day and we just we don't know what her actual birthday was and it would have roughly been valentine's day so it's a better reason to celebrate she's six years old that little stinker so she's like a little scamp <laughs> running around being all cute on yeah. the social how about you what was mm-hmm. your valentine's like it's nice man we just had to have hung out got a pizza and watched sleep with some piano Ooh. You know? Nice. We like to trade off um, Valentine's. It's not like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Not like a big, like, no. last year, I do remember. Last year, Dusty took care of the day. Oh, yeah. And she took yeah. I was me there. to a wrestling show. <laughs> yeah. And you were there. We shared Valentine's that day. <laughs> Forgot about yeah. it. Jeez, what a year. Like, a difference a year makes. Oh, man. That was a year Amazing. ago, man. Um, but this year, I was like, oh, man, I couldn't really do anything. So I just, you know. Made a made a breakfast and we went out for a walk and yeah came back hung out and it was nice nice it was, it was slightly different from all the other days yeah I see what you did though I mean because you yeah. you were taking a a page out of a film that we've recently watched because chicks dig sleep is in Sa- Seattle you know and just, that's why that's why I got the idea yeah, fucking cable guy <laughs> that's again right. helping out he knows the cable guy knows Jim Carrey knows Chip. You know. uh, whatever his name is, <laughs> Chip Douglas, hooking Chip you up Douglas. with, with yeah. the best romantic advice. We've been ping ponging our way around 1996 <laughs> and 2001 over the last several weeks. We're not leaving. <laughs> yeah, we're not leaving anytime soon. Actually, are we? So last week was 2001 with Zoolander, and as promised at the end of the episode, we are back to 1996. We rolled back again with the film. We never knew we needed so bad. Teaming up the greatest basketball player to ever live with the greatest cartoon character of all time, debatably. Phil, <laughs> come on and slam if you want a jam. Come on and jam and welcome to the jam. <laughs> <laughs> For the film we are talking about today is... Ooh, Welcome to the Space Jam. All right. All right, all right. When the world's greatest athlete, Michael Jordan, teams up with the world's best-loved cartoon character, Bugs Bunny, you won't believe your eyes. Pardon me, Mr. Jordan. Could I have your auto, uh, your John Hancock? What's going on here? We need your help! You heard it, 
the dream team. Well, we're the mean team. Ready? Yeah! Done. Yeah. You kick it in here. You go to the hole and dominate. We own defense. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I don't play defense. Warner Brothers presents Jordan. Funny. Special delivery. Together, they just might save the world. Space Jam. You've never seen anything like it. Get ready to jam. Schwackhammer, an evil alien theme park owner, needs a new attraction at Moron Mountain. When his gang of nerdlucks, I bet you never knew that's what they were called. That's what they're called. I had no idea. I didn't know his name was Schwaghammer. Schwaghammer, yeah. Like a rap name. Schwaghammer. <laughs> when his gang, the nerdlugs, head to, heads to Earth <laughs> to kidnap Bugs Bunny and the Looney Tunes, how do they know they're on Earth? Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. Bugs challenges them to uh. a basketball game to determine their fate. The aliens agree, but due to their short stature, they were sure to lose. So they concoct a plan to steal the powers of NBA players Charles Barkley, Muggsy Bugs, Sean Bradley, Muggsy. Patrick Ewing, Larry Johnson, turning themselves into the Monstars. We're the Monstars. M O N. Oh. <laughs> so Bugs turns to the only person that can help out in such a dire situation Bill Murray? No, no, it's basketball superstar Michael Jordan. And before we get into what we're talking about, I need to call a quick snack time. Thought it was alright, you thought it was over, but now you're having snack time in lockdown. Three point snack time. Yeah, Phil, sorry. I just, I feel like, you know, it's such a big thing. I don't even want to start talking about it yet because, I mean, hot takes out the gate come a little bit after um, <laughs> a sentence that I already have prepared. You know, you guys listen to shit. You know how it works. But I, uh, I just, we got to get hyped, you know. I know we got to fuel ourselves for the next, like, however long it's going to take to talk about this film. So, you ready? Probably too long. Let's Three do. hours. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready. I got to, I got to fly like an eagle and I need my energy to do so. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. What do you got? What I got? I got the jam. I got the jam on top <laughs> for the space jam. I got the jam. I got the raspberry jam. Jam. You got the jam. <laughs> it's the first thing I thought. I got the jam. It's the space jam. All right. All right. This is what Michael Jordan eats before every game. <laughs> I'm very excited. It's just jam on toast. Nice bit of sour, I mean, sourdough bread. Lightly nothing toasted. wrong. Nothing wrong take with a, that. It could be crunchy. Mm. You guys have been mm. missing that ASMR, you know? That shit is sweet. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. How many college basketball shorts are you giving it? <laughs> really um, old used college <laughs> basketball shorts. Old one. 
I wash him. I wash him before every game. <laughs> Go with four. four. Respectable four. Nice. Four Walking. old art college old shorts. Ass college shorts. Okay, I've got a two-parter. What are you saying? We need... Two-part snack. This wow. is a two-part snack. So first, because we're dealing with Space Jam, and we're dealing with little creatures coming from outer space and invading uh, Earth... Cartoon yes, land, yes, yes. the Looney Tunes land. We have uh, Space Invaders. Your uh, pickled onion, Chris. Genius. Whoa. And Classic British little snack alien right there. faces. <laughs> this is so, like, <laughs> not anything you find in America. You can find, like, dill pickle flavor things but not like pickled onions it's so distinct yeah like monster munch as well same taste yeah you can find onion rings as well which are mostly yeah, onion flavor but they're not pickled onions so it's like a weird this is like such a unique thing here in the uk one of the better snacks it is very good i'm glad you can appreciate as an americano yeah they're really good i don't know what I prefer more, uh, Monster Munch or Space Invaders. Taste-wise, they're kind of similar, mm. like flavor. But consistency, these are a little bit like uh, softer. Monster Munch got that like Captain Crunch thing going on where crunchy. they like... Yeah, they'll, they'll cut the roof of your mouth if you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta watch out. Very good. I'll give these like e- an easy four dirty pairs of basketball draws. All right, and to wash it down, they are space invaders, and they stole the talent of all the NBA players, and they became the monsters. (laughs) So we have some monster energy drink. Dude, I hate energy drink. Yeah, I'm going to shit so bad later, it's going to be horrible. (laughs) Oh, God, this is so gross. Um, This is getting a one. Because it's just gross. Straight <laughs> <laughs> away. It's just getting a one. You got a monster drink for a monster Ooh. poop later. I want to see that can empty by the end of the episode. <laughs> I'm not fit for society, Phil. So I'm going to have these two things that are just going to like make me make me shit myself. And then like my breath and my fingers are going to stink uh, from Space Raiders. So yeah, we're ready to stay home today, guys. I can smell it. From uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> you can smell it through the... That's why people the- hate British people. Space Raiders and monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah. you're gonna whip out some. I thought you're gonna whip out some Gatorade. Some Gatorade. Yeah. I mean, I could. Yeah. That Michael's secret, secret stash, the secret, <laughs> secret juice. I should have just done that. Yeah. The water. Just the water bottle. <laughs> the secret uh, stuff. Yeah. It's the 1996 live action animated hybrid sports comedy directed by Joe Pica who is a legendary commercial and music video director working with the likes of Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Problematic Peoples, uh, Nike, Pepsi, and uh-huh. Drug-Free America. Whew. It's Space Jam. Hot takes out the gate. Jam! <laughs> it ain't too much, too much. Jam! <laughs> um, I just watched this movie, to be honest. Like literally finished watching it like half an hour ago. Nice. Is that why we had to have a delay to our recording today? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't, I didn't get a chance. And I was like, I could wing it, but I was like, no, I want, could I remember it? But it's more yeah. like, yeah, you I genuinely want to know if the test is not, you know, can I quote anything? Could I can, or have quoted it my whole life? It, and it's still good. Yeah. As an adult. <laughs> and I am here to say, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, you know what? Just take this with a pinch of salt. Nostalgia talking. I love this movie. I had so much fun watching Space Jam and it just brought, it literally opening scene with young Michael playing with <gasps> dad. I'm like six yes. years old again. Or however old I was when I saw it. It just, or immediately brings me back and it had an amazing opening like title sequence. Yeah. And I mean, we'll, we'll go all into all these things in more detail, but the soundtrack and kick off the animation is great. I mean, it's as good as it can be for like a movie with Bug Bunny and Michael Jordan, I think. Yeah. 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 And so it, it looked really weird, but it kind of worked for me anyway. The acting is bad, but it worked. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's just funny. It's just genuinely funny. And it, it's one of a kind. It's yeah. so one of a kind. It's such a moment in history captured so perfectly. And it's just weird. And I, I like it. And I like the, I've always dug the Looney Tunes. And this was just kind of, you know, two worlds colliding. And it's, it's just fun. It's a fun movie. But curious to see, did you enjoy it? Did you, do you like it? Man, this film was so fucking important to me as a kid. Like, I'm right. Yeah. I can't, can't I, under, can't, I can't understate. It, it's funny. Cause I almost just forget. Like I've, I have forgotten how big the, of a deal this film was to me as a kid. Of course, this past summer ish, whenever I, I don't even remember time is a concept we know. Uh, but yeah, it felt, I guess it was around the summer. They had that Michael Jordan, the last dance, uh, documentary on Netflix, which is amazing. Oh my God. Amazing. Amazing. Everybody go watch it. They talk a little bit about Big Jam in it. Yeah. That sort of like started to like refresh my memory of how important that era was. And then like, you know, the space jam stuff and Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny and, oh my God, like this film is so vibes. Like, you know, start to finish. <laughs> Mad vibe. It just, this is like 95. Yeah. It, it's just like, it's got, it's got that nostalgia drip, man. And I know it's like heavy. Like you said, it's nostalgia. I want it hooked into my veins. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It's so fucking fun. Yeah. Not great. Like as a concept of actual film, like, you know, the story yeah, stupid, obviously, really but it's a fucking Looney Tunes movie yeah. where they team up with Michael Jordan. Yeah, but obviously it's going to be stupid. Yeah, so yeah, the story's dumb. Uh, Michael Jordan is not a great actor, but he does. I feel like the best he can with what he's got. I mean, because also, yeah, you know, he he's playing himself against nothing. Yeah, and he still somehow comes out like completely just like I mean, it's fucking Michael Jordan, <laughs> you know? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is yeah. the man. And then you you add in the Looney Tunes, which. It, there's some stuff later I'll get to this like kind of funny to like think about like uh, a criticism from someone of this film and uh, that person has clout enough to like, you know, think that this film wasn't that great and it's fair, but like, you know, as a little kid, oh my God, this film was so huge. And then 
you just oh, get yeah. into the greatest soundtrack probably of all time. <laughs> that you, you, if you haven't seen it, you probably think we're joking, but yeah. like, this is like, you know, only other time, the only thing on par that we've talked about is probably Batman Forever. Yeah. Just yeah. Or in terms of like a great that thing you do. collection. That thing you do as well. Yeah. But like, like a collection of like commercial songs. Yeah. For yeah. the movie. This is just a great, Selection of like classic R and B hip hop tunes from the nineties, and again, brings me back. It's so stupid. I want my good. life to have that soundtrack. Yeah, you know? yeah. It like instantly makes me feel good to listen to it, and I've been so hyped on it the last few days. Phil and I knew we were going to do this uh, episode, and I was just like thinking about this soundtrack, and I was just like, man. Regardless of how I feel about the film at the end of the day, I know I'm going to have a good time because of the soundtrack <laughs> and like. It like it, it worked. There are some scenes that like you know I just wasn't sure if I was going to think they're still that funny, and then I rewatch them and they're hilarious. There's things that I forgot how fucking funny they were that were just yeah. So I picked good. up a bunch of new jokes. Yeah, so yeah. there's there's a lot of good stuff. There's okay. a lot of funny deep cuts. I can't, I don't know if people today who have no sort of inclination of like that time period will even care, but. It's like, I don't, it's yeah, such a I don't unique, know if it works on that level. It's such a unique period of time. I mean, like, I was born in 1989. So from the, a very young age, like, I remember Michael Jordan being a thing and the Bulls were huge, mm-hmm. like, from a very young age. Yeah. And I had, like, Super Nintendo games and Michael Jordan was, like, never in any of the games. NBA Jam? Yeah, I had NBA Jam. Uh, he, Michael Jordan was never shit. in any of those games because he had, like, his own yeah. Windy City video i can't remember it's the windy city something like a video game and yeah he he was only in select games and stuff but it was kind of cool because space jam comes out and uh you know he's like i was such a bulls fan and uh i love baseball as well so i kind of like was in tune a little bit to him doing baseball and it was kind of like a big thing for me and then you know like he he like does this film and it's huge it's so huge the the merchandise i had so many th- i had a tune squad jersey i had like multiple like, i have a tune squad t-shirt toys. somewhere yeah yeah it was crazy so i had all cool. the toys and then they had a video game as well and i had the video games it was yeah amazing oh uh, yeah on amazing. playstation yeah, yeah. Man. so yes this film was a big deal to me and i Rewatching it, like you know, seeing it through adult eyes, some things are really dumb, but for the most part, man, it's still fucking fun. Really fun. I think it so, still kind of holds up, but yeah. I'm partial. I think I'm partial to those movies. I'm more forgiving of those yeah. movies because I grew up with with them, and I have a tough spot, especially for Looney Tunes. Because yeah. I feel like, yeah, yeah. I mean, never, Looney Tunes kind of never went away. Um, mm-hmm. I think Warner Brothers still did always the cartoon in some form on i think they have a new one on hbo max or whatever but like feel like they never touched the height of space jam again it's like yeah both franchise and peaking absolutely genuinely i don't i can't think of a thing a reason we talk about it the follow-up to this five years later two, 2000 something back in action looney tunes back yeah. in action it's also really good really underrated movie <laughs> but it kind of came i'd in, have to rewatch it, it. And nobody cared yeah, yeah. But it's really good and really self-aware and really funny. And I don't know. I just, I would love to see the new team back in that, like on the big screen. I yeah. Like they deserve 
that platform. And I think Bake Jam is a good case for that. And I can understand why they're using Bake Jam to try and bring them back with mm-hmm. a new one. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it, I don't know if it worked if you weren't in it, but I think there's some stuff to really enjoy just as the like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, who the Absolutely. fuck made this movie? Yeah. Like, how is this the thing? Yeah. I mean, it, like we've been saying, it's like a, it's a product of his time. It's hard to say like that a young kid is going to care about this movie if they don't know who Michael Jordan is. But then again, I mean, maybe it'll be s- sort of like a thing like in, I don't know, you know, 30 years from now, little kids, you know, seeing it might look at Michael Jordan like a bit of the way I looked at Babe Ruth as a kid. Like if I saw footage of Babe Ruth, I've heard about mm-hmm. Babe Ruth. All I, I mean, I didn't ever get to see him play, but I knew he was the great Bambino. He's the greatest baseball player to ever play baseball. So it was just like, you, you know, through like legend and at least you can see in this film and there's footage and documentaries and all that sort of stuff that you can see how amazing Michael Jordan was. And then the Looney Tunes. And it's so wrapped around history as yeah. well. It's wrapped around Absolutely. his history. Yeah. It's wrapped around the most controversial, weirdest bit of his career. Yeah. He temporarily retired yeah. from basketball to, to, to pursue a career in baseball because of his father, which was all legit. Mm-hmm. And then him coming back. And I like the idea that after that happened in the public eye, this movie comes out. And you're like, oh, that's why he went back to basketball because of Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was all Bugs. <laughs> Thanks, Bugs. Yeah, he brought the talent back. Well, yeah, let's get into a little bit about this film. So, like I mentioned, the director of Space Jam was Joe Pica, and he was a renowned commercial director. And Space Jam itself wasn't the first time we saw Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny team up, as Joe Pikett had actually directed the 1992 Nike ad called Hair Jordan. And then there was a follow-up called Aerospace Jordan. And both of those had Bugs Bunny in it. The first one, Bugs Bunny's getting like sort of uh, bullied by a bunch of like basketball players. And then Michael Jordan comes in and schools them. And uh, him and Bugs team up and they they just trounce trounce these guys. (laughs) And then Aerospace Jordan has Marvin the Martian in it. But there are just ads for for uh, Air Jordans. It's genius. Yeah. Genius. For a kid, you're like, I want a pair of Nike now. <laughs> yeah. And someone someone looked at those commercials and they're like, this would make a great movie. Absolutely. And perfect person to do, direct it like someone known for commercial the music video. The whole thing is directed like a commercial music video. It flies <laughs> yeah. by. It's like yeah. a giant montage. Yeah. It's so satisfying to watch. So I actually say it as a compliment. It feels like one giant commercial. Yeah. It's a good thing for a movie like that. It doesn't let you stop and critique it. Yeah. I mean, it's over before you even notice. I mean, like I was actually kind of surprised how quick it got to the final, the final game. Like it was just like, it happens like that. I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. Literally. Like I said, I was watching right before this and I was like, Oh shit. We're already at the end. I didn't, I didn't even realize. Okay. So you, you have this big successful commercials and they're just so successful michael jordan's the biggest star on the planet and uh bugs bunny is you know a pretty damn popular cartoon character so yeah icon yeah icon <laughs> and uh david falk who is michael jordan's longtime agent saw the concept and he you know he just like he saw its big screen potential and warner brothers they were a bit reluctant to update bugs bunny's image when they were doing the first 
commercial because mm-hmm. it was like Bugs Bunny in the 90s with Michael Jordan and it was a bit odd and all that. But uh, after the ads, you know, were just really popular, David Falk kind of like went to them. They were like interested in doing a film. And then there was like a Nike executive who met with Ivan Reitman. It was all kind of confusing of how this kind of like popped into existence. But like Ivan Reitman, Reitman got involved and you know, he he was yeah. eager to work on the project and uh, Warner Brothers was eager to relaunch Looney Tunes. So it was all this big idea. And then boom, Space Jam, Michael Jordan, Looney Tunes, relaunched Looney Tunes, use the biggest star on the planet, pay him a shit ton of money. And yeah, here you go. <laughs> so we are in 1993 and the project kicks a major speed bump when we've already mentioned Michael Jordan decides to retire from basketball And it was soon after the unfortunate murder of his father. And he decided because he wanted to honor his father to go play baseball. And Michael Jordan plays baseball. I don't know if you know much about Michael Jordan's baseball career. Just from what they talked about in lockdown. Yeah. Which I I feel like they might've covered this in the last dance, but there's like in, it's funny because this film pokes a lot of fun at Michael Jordan's baseball career. And a lot, yeah. This is post fun with it. him coming back to basketball. So there's a lot of jokes at the expense of him, basically as if he's bad at baseball. And I think that was sort of a thing. He's not a good enough to play professionally, basically. Yeah. yeah. And, which like he was professional. Give, they give him the call. They give him the throw. Yeah. yeah. He was professional. He played for a double-A team for the Chicago White Sox. Their double-A team called the Barons. And he was a great athlete, right? So he's playing with them. He gets to double A because of who he is, uh, put into double A immediately. They didn't put him to majors because, I mean, come on, you got to let him like work. The thing is that experience humbled the hell out of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan ended up going back to basketball, being like basically a new person who like gave so much more time to his, uh, to his teammates and stuff and was being a better mm-hmm. teammate because he saw how much of a grind these dudes had to go on in the minor leagues of baseball, just trying to live their dream of becoming major leaguers. And he basically like went back to basketball because it was after the baseball strike in 1994 95. And he refused to like mm-hmm. cross the line to become a re- replacement player. So he could have been in the majors and then he just, you know, quietly just he's one of the boys. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So yeah, he just quietly went back to playing basketball in 1995. And that's kind of where space jam comes back into play. But I will say this, Michael Jordan, he actually wasn't that bad of a, of a baseball player who knows what could have happened. He actually had a really good show at the time at the fall leagues. He was like playing pretty damn well. So man, he could have gotten better, you know, one year doesn't, not enough to like really go That's by sure. but he yeah he was a name they were yeah but they, he was a name and they just used him to sell tickets man because who's not going to go deep michael jordan even if it was in the wrong spot yeah he was fast he had a lot of stolen bases uh so yeah he could have been a good really good player well no we don't know we don't know but who cares he was the best basketball player ever sorry lebron uh <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what bug bunny has to say about that <laughs> Lola was better than Bugs. Uh, Joe Pica was informed about the project only months prior to principal photography. And although he's credited as the film's director, I saw a lot of stuff online about how 
a lot of people, mostly the voice actors and stuff, were saying that Ivan Reitman was actually the film's director and that Joe Pica was only a director of the animation. So I don't know how true that is. Oh, it feels like a mix of those styles. It yeah. feels like an Ivan Reitman comedy. Yeah, because so I mean, chunk of it, he is the producer, thing. but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of an interesting thing. Like, it's like a poltergeist gets, situation, right? Yeah. Where people think Spielberg directed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pika gets a lot of like credit in a lot of other interviews about how he was the director, and he he had a good relationship with Michael Jordan, so there was a lot of like, you know, he talked about how he was playing pickup games with Michael Jordan all the time and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, it seems pretty fun. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, but they had the writing pairs of Leo Bene- Benvenuti and Steve Rudnick, and then also Timothy Harris and Herschel Weingrod, who are credited with writing the script. But I did read that Spike Lee was very interested in helping out with the script because he was friends with Joe Pica <laughs> and also Michael Jordan. And he was of like course. wanting to get in, but he got blocked by Warner Brothers for how he funded Malcolm X. So, of course. What? I had to go look in. What does that mean? How did yeah. he fund Malcolm what X? What does that mean? Like, did he sell his body? <laughs> it's funny, the wording that I'm going to say in a second, like, uh, he's not selling his body, but it's kind of funny. You'll see. Uh, okay, so apparently when he was making up Malcolm X, he uh, was struggling to get Warner Brothers to give him more money and also to allow him to have a longer film and all that sort of stuff. So he decided when he wasn't able to get the budget he wanted uh, to talk to his old pal, Francis Ford Coppola, who told him basically to get the movie company pregnant, which basically meant go ahead and start making the film. They have a film that you've been making. And if you run out of money, then you're going to need more money and they're just going to have to be forced to give you more money. like, Fair enough. And when they refused to give him more money, funny enough, like all these famous black like superstars around the world were just like giving him money. Well, I guess mostly in America, but like Oprah gave him money, like Michael Jordan gave him money. Uh, yeah, Ma- Muhammad Ali, I think. So he got all these like private donations to finish the film. So <laughs> Warner Brothers is just pissed off. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, it would have been interesting to see what Spike Lee would have done to this. Holy shit, would I pay to see Spike Lee director cut a fucking Space Jam. Should have done the new one, man, full circle. Yeah, I would definitely like to see that. I think it would be pretty funny. All right, let's get into the cast. Obviously, Michael Jordan, his airness himself is, uh, is playing himself. You know, it's, it's Michael yeah, Jordan. Which is what, he, what he good at. Michael Jordan is great. And it's not fair because Michael Jordan is quite a charismatic person in real life. Yeah. And there's a few moments where he does get to do that, but obviously it's kind of, it's a little stiff, you know. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think he's good in it. And it, it, and he's pretty perfect. Yeah. I mean, he's Michael Jordan. He's so like, there's something about him. He's Nobody got else the, could play Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> he's, he's got the it factor. Uh, it's just like, he's not great in this film, obviously, but I mean... You know, he's at times he's like wooden, stiff, looking like he's like trying to find his eyeline to to look at (laughs) eyeline. But I mean, like, you know, it's fair enough. I mean, (laughs) come on. This. Yeah. But since he starts playing. Yeah. He's playing with 
nothing but cartoons and there's no one there he's just like looking blankly into the void trying yeah. to imagine like Bug Bunny and Daffy Duck yeah. and I'm a Fudd and Foghorn Leghorn and you know <laughs> you have to pass down or up depending on yeah. it's great it's genius could, like watching the final bit of the movie the game it's perfect because they've just got a bunch of shots of him making shots like hitting two pointed and shit and they've just animated around it it's great I'll get into how they did it in a bit, but you know, I've you know, he's fine for what he is. I mean, it's plus again, it's Michael Jordan. He's not yeah. he's not a good actor, but yeah. he's not an actor, so it's fine. It's like, you know I can't yeah, and I can't over can't overstate how big Michael Jordan was. Yeah. At the time. Even I knew who Michael Jordan was. And yeah. I was a kid in London who yeah. didn't really watch basketball, didn't have access to it, but I knew who Michael Jordan was. He's the biggest athlete on the planet. He was in commercials and magazines and TV and then this movie, yeah, which just blew every kid's mind. So it's whatever he wanted to be, yeah. he could have played it with an accent and it would have <laughs> somehow worked. Yeah. When the studio signed uh, Jordan, there was an understanding though that the lead actor would also be focused on basically laying the foundation for another three-peat as <laughs> he... He had a three-peat. He quits to go play three-peat. baseball, comes back, and then wins three more championships. So, I mean, this is like um, it's unbelievable. Like, goddamn bust. Amazing. But anyway, so they knew he was going to be working on another run with the Chicago Bulls. So they accommodated his uh, day job basically by sticking to a really strict production schedule. Pike had made sure that Jordan was starting at 9 a.m. and he left no later than 6 p.m. and he had a, like a two-hour break for lunch for his workout. And then by building a temporary gym on the lot at Warner Brothers, which Pike had christened the Jordan Dome. And the Jordan Dome is every bit as epic as it looks and sounds if you see some photos and stuff. Like within this, it's basically this giant, it was this giant, enormous white tent and it had a state-of-the-art field house inside and like an entire gym's worth of state-of-the-art exercise equipment and then a full basketball court. And while in the dome, oh my God. some of the most legendary pickup games of all time were taking place. You had like basically the cast members were in on it. Like I said, the director, Joe Pica himself, was playing against Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was there. Larry Bird was there. Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bogues. And the likes of like Shaq, Dennis Rodman, Reggie Miller, uh, Grant <laughs> Hill, Alonzo Mourning, like all these guys were coming out to play. It was just insane. So I think there is a little bit of footage of that that would like possibly in that documentary, The Last Dance. I believe they might have talked about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And then amazing, amazing photos, like black and white yeah. photos of the game, of him working out, of him shooting the movie on a green screen. Yeah, hold these shots are amazing. Like, hopefully, you can put some of these up with the episode yeah. when it comes out yeah. because people people need to see them. <laughs> yeah, incredible. yeah, yeah. It's so cool. Like I said, it was also the actors there too. You had like um, some of the actors from the film. I read a story about like how Wayne Knight basically wouldn't even touch the ball. He said if he was ever there when that was going on and there was a pickup game going on, if someone tried to throw him the ball, he wouldn't even touch it because he just he <laughs> he apparently just. Didn't guys, want. Come on. Yeah, guys. he was just like, I don't belong out here with you guys. He, he he apparently you know was getting sort of starstruck by all the NBA stars. He's just like, you no, I am not playing. 
But you had guys like Keith Gibbs, who's an extra on the film, and he said he was playing Michael Jordan once, and Jordan hit a 35-footer on me. He said, I mean, it was ridiculous. Leg out, tongue out, all that stuff. Hit a 35-footer on me and goes, get the fuck off my court. (laughs) (laughs) Legend. Michael Uh, Jordan, the goddamn legend. Yeah. That's funny. I love the trash talk. It's great. That's how the movie should have ended. Yeah. He just fucking, you know, he does that massive stretch, fucking hit that last point. And then he goes up to Danny DeVito and he's like, get the fuck off my court. I love that like long ass arm. You heard him, Doc. So stupid. Like they sort of set it off. I love it. It takes him that long to realize that he's in Looney Tune land. Yeah. That he can change himself. The rule. It's like the Matrix, dude. Dude, it's like the Matrix. The rules don't apply. I, I am totally on board with that. I'm fine with it. They set it up earlier, like Bugs Bunny basically saying, yeah. like, I mean, you can do anything here, you know? And it's like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, when he stretches his <laughs> Yeah. They set it up. It's fine. That, that that wasn't a plot hole. But the thing that I have a problem with is, uh, which they actually, you know what, to be honest, it sort of originated from the Hair Jordan Nike ad, but I'm just like... When the fuck did this come from that the Looney Tunes live in the core of the earth? <laughs> just down there. I love that. I forgot about that. I forgot about the yeah. weird tunnel you have to take and you go through the Warner Brothers logo yeah. and the music start playing. I kind of love the idea yeah. that they live in this sort of they live in the upside down, essentially. Yeah, yeah. They live in like this weird mirrored reality <laughs> where cartoons live, but they're broadcast to us and they know about that. They're broadcasting with Bugs and Daffy. Are like, yeah, Bugs <laughs> and Daffy. Are like, um, you know, all them like t-shirts and bags and stuff with our face on it. You ever see any money from that? Yeah. And Daffy's like, no, we got to get more different agents. You know, to get screwed. <laughs> yeah. So they were aware that they do a TV show or there's yeah. a TV show about their everyday lives. But like, yeah, I guess it's like a trans-dimensional Earth in the core. Mm-hmm. I don't. It, was that set up in the commercial? <sighs> Yeah, so I guess it's an interesting way to explain where Looney Tunes live because they can't just yeah. live in the real world. Well, in in the first Hair Jordan commercial, when the guys so there's like a group of guys playing basketball and they're just bouncing the ball and Bucks Bunny is underneath them in the ground underneath them and he's trying to sleep and then like the oh that's the funny basketball bouncing like vibrates his room and he's just like oh guys what's going on here and then he goes up. And then he gets beat up by yeah, basketball yeah. players. <laughs> it's it's a it's a weird one. It's funny though. I completely forgot about that as well. But I love like you know our next person on the list, Wayne Knight, as Stan, the publicist. Wayne Knight and the assistant from Big, uh, fucking Al Al Toybon, the Chicken Man. <laughs> That's all I think of when I say fucking Wayne. Knight. He's great. Yeah, in this. he's so funny. I mean, I obviously think of Seinfeld, but yeah, I, I completely. I forget. I forget. He's he's from Toy Story two and Jurassic Park and yeah, like Jurassic loads Park, of shit. Yeah. Wayne Knight yeah. been around. Third Rock from the Sun. He's just great. Yeah, it's great. Third uh, Rock. Yeah, man. <laughs> so Wayne Knight. Yeah, wow, I mean, I about that show. He he's it's so funny when he's like he's so good in this film and like he just gives it so much. Like he him just like going down the trying to go down the hole digging into the golf course and stuff when Michael Jordan. I'm fixing like, a divot. <laughs> yeah, I love when he's like. He's just so annoying and he's just like, you know, uh, taking photos and stuff. And he's about to take a photo of Michael when he's like, before he falls into 
the hole <laughs> and like as yeah, he's about to hole. click it yeah. like, and yeah, bill murray bill murray's just like what's wrong what is wrong with that camera <laughs> just like throws it it's so good could you not point oh. it at me please <laughs> yeah no i love the bit later where he so funny. he finally finds michael and he's like let me you gotta let me play you gotta let me play michael look 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 you know i might you know i can't I can't play, but you know, I'm slow <laughs> and large. <laughs> and he's like, you're not selling yourself here. But he does, he yeah. does get his, but he gets really fucked up yeah. towards the end of the movie, which I, that's I so like terrifying. Turn him into a kid. Yeah. He gets all burnt up and stuff. Yeah. There's like two moments in the film that like are really fucking scary. Like <laughs> the monster dog. <laughs> oh the dog as well the dog like yeah when the dog just slams like the door down somehow which is amazing this little bulldog yeah, what the fuck <laughs> is the dog feed named that dog after charles barkley i don't know i'm not really sure i feel like that dog name charles else's dog but yeah i'm not sure yeah yeah, yeah. well you can say the monsters so the monsters when they first come to basically bully michael jordan when michael jordan's there they like ball him up into a basketball and like the sounds he's making like (laughs) so scary i love those little guys though yeah when they take the talent that's scary yeah just again the basketball players aren't good actors but the reactions are quite real (laughs) they just suddenly can't play they suddenly can't walk and they can't catch a ball yeah and they're fucking they're just in a my favorite movie this guy ever. That's mine as well. I was gonna. I wrote that down anything. as a note. Uh, it's so. I'll get, I'll just say this real quick. Dan uh, Castellaneta, who plays Homer Simpson, the voice of Homer. Homer the fucking sat next to Homer Simpson. Yeah, yeah. and they sat with the uh, the wife from Everybody Loves. Yeah, Venice. yeah, Patricia Heaton. That's his wife in real life. So That's they the they played a oh a couple. I don't think they were playing themselves, but they're just playing a couple of fans in the in the crowd. And I wrote this down. It's my favorite gag. Little kids, but in this case, aliens stacked on top of each other underneath a long coat to create an adult like, walking around. This is so good. Always funny. I love Always it. Funny. I, I never get tired of that joke. Yeah. My favorite, I think, in the Ninja Turtle yeah. and Raphael in a trench coat. I guess that hides a goddamn thing. <laughs> There's a really good one. Just in a fedora and uh, a trench coat. In, in Hook as well, where the kids are stacked on top of each other to address as a pirate fucking <laughs> a good one that's a good one yeah yeah always, always a good guy i've always wanted to do that as because i'm really tall like as a tall person to like basically create a doll that like oh god it's so confusing how i do it um <laughs> you just put a head near your like on in front of your stomach so it yeah. looks like you're sat on a but i have shoulder. to yeah and i have to put legs from the doll i'll have to cut the doll in half but like put the Fake legs leg. like, and you'll have to like pretend you're <laughs> wobbling around. Yeah. 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 Little legs on his, on his shoulders. Uh, neck. Yeah. And it makes it on his like shoulder. they're my legs. Yeah. Confusing. <laughs> sorry. But yeah. And then I wear a trench coat and I open it up and then we, no, just... we have to figure this out for Halloween. <laughs> really want to do it. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, great, great funny scene when they take the powers from the, from the uh, basketball players, Wayne Knight. So he plays Stan, the publicist, and he apparently wasn't the first choice. So Joe Piker really wanted Michael J. Fox or Chevy Chase for the role, but the studio denied it. Like, I don't really get it. it. Yeah, maybe MGF could have done it. I think Chevy Chase would have been a really weird one. You already have that 
presence with Bill Murray doesn't work. You need like the nerdy guy, the fuck up. Yeah. To Michael Jordan. Also, I'm not sure Bill Murray would have wanted wanted to do this film, and he's one of the best parts about it. Uh, he is. If so Chevy funny. Chase was in it, because I don't think they got along. So fuck Chevy Chase. <laughs> okay, so Wayne Knight's Seinfeld co-star Jason Alexander was then the next choice and he was offered the role, but he turned it down. And that's when they finally got Wayne Knight to do it because they were like, all right, well, the other funny guy from Seinfeld. And according to Pika, it was just really difficult to get a lot of these actors involved because they just thought that the premise was really odd. And he said, I mean, they're going to work with an animated character and an athlete. Are you serious? They just didn't want to do it. <laughs> just insane. They didn't want to be a part of what a crazy idea. One of the biggest films of 1996, but okay. It's like, but it's like being in a Muppets movie. I don't understand yeah. how people can't get into the idea. Yeah. It's like that, that seems ridiculous, but that was more than a valid, like, Place for stars to go. It's a variety show. It's cameoed in the movie. Yeah. I mean, this movie's full of fucking cameos anyway. Um, for movies and basketball. Yeah. I'm surprised there's not more of this. That's a really good example of the, the Muppets of how this style of film works. And no, like, you know, there, there's plenty yeah. of Muppets films, but like, I, but only, I mean, really, you can only do it because it's the Muppets. And then you have films like this or sometimes occasionally a Disney film like. Uh, who if framed Roger Rabbit after Roger Rabbit this is after, after so Roger, Roger Rabbit, Rabbit sort of like laid the groundwork for this style of thing so it was a big exactly think, like so. but you saw that and now it's amazing yeah. but I guess then Cool World that fucking cool world, movie yeah. came out Cool World, cool world didn't and everybody's like nope work. not doing that yeah yeah I don't know it's, it's, it's the beginning really strange of, sort of weird hybrid animation yeah I think it's easy to do now so I think like Today, they wouldn't really have that much of a problem thinking about it. But like back in the day, no, they do every movie it's like it that. Was, yeah, it was yeah. really, really hard, I think, um, because no one wanted to do it. And, and I think even Ivan Reitman apparently talked to some people who worked on uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and they were just like giving him advice. And he they were basically just like, don't do it because it was one of the most like horrible things to work on because it was so hard. <laughs> to do <laughs> but that movie is amazing it's so good that movie is incredible yeah, so good uh we have Teresa randall as uh michael's wife in the film she's very underutilized in this film but i just wanted to mention her because i like Teresa randall a lot she's uh in girl six mm. spike lee's girl six she's in the bad boy trilogy the bad boys yeah, yeah. movie so i like she her could. a lot so i mean she just doesn't do much. His, he's got kids in the film. I like as well. his family. Yeah, they're all. I really like good. his family. I they don't they don't do much, but I be, yeah. I believe them. Yeah, the yeah, family yeah. for some reason. When I, I remember when I was a kid, I thought that it would literally his wife and kids. Yeah, in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey and Marcus. I just thought it was all real. Yeah, I thought it was all real. I thought like I thought that Looney Tunes lived in you know at the core of the earth, and I just had to find a hole and I could go there and see them. <laughs> I love how they like portrayed Michael living in a. Um, in a like suburb basically like in a in you know and just like a normal <laughs> I, that. I was it's just really like normal that's house. fucked up like because that is ah, not that's not ah, real because people drive by and they're like yeah. hi michael hi michael he's in the hill somewhere right yeah well okay so i'm sure his neighbors did that if they saw him but i grew up like in southern virginia but my mother was from north carolina and she had family down in the charlotte area and uh 
like they drove us one day because we were obsessed with Michael Jordan into like the neighborhood where he was living in. It was just like gated off. There's no way you're getting anywhere near his house. Like, and he lived in a giant fucking mansion. Yeah. I think. So yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So it's really funny. Yeah. No chance of just driving by. I he comes home from baseball. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Picking a kidnapped. You would <laughs> never see it. You'd never see any of them. Uh, okay. Bill Murray. Oh my God. Oh, I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in this picture. <laughs> Greatest line. Uh, Swackhammer says that, that about Bill Murray when he shows up. So great. Swackhammer. Oh my okay, God. Michael. But what if I try really hard? What if I give it my best? Do you think I could play the NBA? <laughs> I completely forgot about Bill Murray in this film. Like, I remembered him in the film. Dude, he's on another level. Yeah. Like, obviously, one of the reasons why we're doing this is. Uh, You'll find out next week uh, for next week to do with Bill Murray, you know, because we're, we're doing these connection things, these 1996 to 2001 sort of things. And uh, Bill Murray has a little bit of a role in that. I knew he was in this and I knew I was talking to you about it. And I was just like, oh, man, Bill Murray. Like, I remember him being pretty funny in this, but I forgot how funny he is. Like, he is without a doubt one of the best things in this movie is so funny like just oh man non-stop so throughout funny. the whole film just really like, funny like him calling the like him calling the shot there and that shot you have behind you where he's like you go bunny you throw it to guy bunny <laughs> and then you go to the hole you take it down and he's like we're on defense i don't, I don't play defense i don't play defense uh, you gotta have to listen to mike and on him this and one. like <laughs> yeah and it's like bill murray one of the funniest guys there a uh, daffy duck yeah one of the funniest cartoons and them together where Daffy's like, Mr. Murray, how did you get here? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, you know, I'm f- friends with the producer. Yeah. Team to yeah. drop me off. <laughs> ah, that makes sense. This is such a good joke. <laughs> it's just, it's again, self-aware Ivan joke. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Murray is like, again, one of few people he knows what movie he's in. Yeah. Like when he comes yeah. out to the crowd, he's actually like waving to the crowd. <laughs> nobody's there. <laughs> really yeah. funny. He's so good. All right. So Bill Murray, like he initially only came like for this film to do the golf scenes because I'm assuming he, I don't know what the, I mean, it's Ivan Reitman. He's friends with him. I don't know if he ever actually played golf with Michael Jordan or something, but Michael Jordan's a big golfer. And And Larry Bird. Larry Bird (laughs) is also a big, like he was a big golfer. Him and Michael Jordan were friendly. Bill Murray might've been a part of that, but he was only supposed to be there for the golf. I don't think he really cared about being in the animation part of the film until he was (laughs) talking to Joe Pica when they were filming those golf scenes about how it was going. And Joe Pica explained everything to him. And then they, like he got sort of interested in, they wrote those extra scenes at the end for him. Like so, like <laughs> da, 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 da. But it, like you need a fifth player. Yeah. Just it was just like okay, let's just explain the plot hole between Bill Murray and Daffy Duck. Great, cool. How did he get here? Who knows? It. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's just because of the movie. Yeah, it's fucking convenient to the plot. Also, I read and I kind of completely forgot about this. So Bill Murray, he had an appearance in in a bunch of commercials back in the nineties, like where he was failing to become an NBA player. And that's the reference that they're making of him trying to play oh. NBA. There's so many weird references. In I this never film. got that. Yeah. So they're really to deep 90s commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And like we mentioned, there's Larry bird in the film and a million other NBA players that I've already mentioned. Like 
numerous times. Funny, funny stuff from all these guys. Like it's, it was funny going back to because that was. I mean, like era. you said, the funniest sequence is the basketball Jones sequence. <laughs> yeah, when they're going through Barkley, yeah, Mugney, all of them like losing their powers. Yeah, and like going through therapy and shit, and like <laughs> Barkley trying to play a uh, game with those kids. Yeah. And he can't do it. And they're like, oh, get out of here, wannabe. And like, yeah, Mugney going through therapy and shit. Yeah, so funny. Yeah, it's like, uh, and they have all those like weird Sigmund Freud, like doctors, like talking to him and like playing with basketball jokes in the background is so funny. Yeah, it's so strange. You think they're trying to disrespect my mama? (laughs) I love my mama. I I promise I never go out with Madonna again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was another joke that I think was just a weird deep cut because it was always sort of like a a question if Madonna and Charles Barkley ever had like a relationship. So, (laughs) yeah. That's funny. Yeah, there was a few. There's a couple of other weird jokes like that, like where Disney, sorry, they threw shade at Disney, like when um, it was Bugs Bunny and uh, Daffy Duck, they had gotten back to the cartoon lands and Daffy Duck was like, oh, uh, I got an idea for a name for the team. Let's call them the Ducks. The ducks. <laughs> like, what kind of Mickey Mouse Corporation would call their team yeah. the Ducks? For the Mighty Ducks. Which I love the joke, but I also love the Mighty Ducks. So I don't appreciate the shade. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was more so the shade at the Anaheim Ducks organization that had just been created a few years before that. The yeah, like, which yeah, was weird. So, which that I think was owned by it. Disney. So yeah. <laughs> they were, yeah. They were the Mighty yeah. Ducks of Anaheim. They were owned by Disney. Yeah. They're not anymore. They sold them a few years ago. I think they're just yeah. the Ducks of Anaheim now. They have a different yeah. logo. But that's a very, that's a really good joke. Yeah. In that. Um, <laughs> always, th- I like when they, it's like the friendly competition thing. Like when, yeah. again, in the 90s were the time for that, right? It was fucking Looney Tunes versus Mickey Mouse. Yeah. That's why Roger Rabbit is cool because you get to see both of them. But it was like yeah, Nintendo so versus cool. Sega. Yeah. It was also, you know, all those of fun corporate rivalry like Pepsi yeah. versus Coke yeah and it's that thing when you're a kid you like really define yourself by <laughs> yeah. and you grow up and it does not matter you don't give yeah. a shit but it's fun to reminisce well let's get into some of these like Looney Tunes characters some of the cast real quick uh, yeah so we were gonna have Noel Blanc uh, he was originally booked he's the son of Mel Blanc the famous like person who voiced most of the Looney Tunes back in the day, specifically yeah. like Bugs Bunny and stuff. And yeah, well yeah. And the old Chuck Jones technavery shorts and stuff. Yeah. So he was originally booked to provide all the regular Warner Brothers male character voices, but for some reason they couldn't agree on a contract. So the studios replaced Blanc with numerous other people to do those voices. And instead of him doing it, we had Billy West. As Bugs Bunny and Elmore Fudd. Fucking Fry. Fry from Futurama, man. So that's cool. I had no idea about that. We had Kath Kath, uh, Susie or Saucy as Lola Bunny. And I always, (laughs) I mean, I I know, but I always kind of like forget how Lola was completely created for this film. (laughs) I've, I watching it, I was like, was she a character? She wasn't. She was just for the movie because she'd introduced in the movie. Yeah. And it's one of those weird cartoon crushes people have. It's like a Jessica Rabbit thing. Yeah, yeah. Or like 
Nala yeah. from Lion King. It's like it's just very subjective the way she's drawn and the way she acts. <laughs> but she she's good. She yeah. she's really good in the in the movie. She's a good character and a good I I guess like uh, part of the team. And still hooked up with Bugs. Bugs obviously. <laughs> After all that. After yeah. Bugs is like a little misogynist piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He yeah, like, like how they duck, you know? try to throw this sort of like feminist curve with her and stuff like, you know, don't call me dong, like, you know, but at dong. the same time, it'd be kind of interesting to see how that character would go down in like a modern Liz, you know, <laughs> it's, it's probably not so well because she had like three lines in the movie. <laughs> yeah, still like not not cutting it, but. I can, you know, whatever. I, I think Lola's badass, so she was, like, I remember her fondly as being a badass character because she could play basketball really well. So. Yeah, she it's literally her and Michael Jordan that can play. Yeah. Like, the only actual basketball that's played in the big game <laughs> at the end is those two, and the others just get, like, a quick pass between yeah. them. Yeah. The amount of uh, just quick cutaway during that bit where the cartoons aren't doing anything... <laughs> and it just referenced into like movies, like the, the pop fiction bit. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. What? And like the bit where they paint the dude's art and the ball come down. And it's just, it's like, is there no rules? Like, what about the rules? <laughs> the fucking Marvin the Martian is the referee. He's doing a terrible job. Yeah. It's like, why are you counting kind of the stupid, points so. if everyone's getting fouled every fucking two seconds? <laughs> <laughs> There's also I like think, when the Monstars like start racking up all the points and to a point where it's just like it's kind of one-sided isn't it and then like and then the next thing you know it's like they have 69 nice so yeah whatever nice. <laughs> yeah it's it's really funny like all all the gimmicks that they do like they just totally have a, a cartoon going on during the middle of this basketball game like you just have like them setting up bombs when the monsters are coming to like shoot and stuff like just like all oh. these explosions <laughs> And my um, favorite, maybe my favorite gag, I think, is Daffy Duck when he he gets squashed by one of the moon monsters. He yeah. becomes like a puddle, and he gets all <laughs> fucking goo. He gets like all goofy, and he's not making sense. The idol cracked out, yeah. and he's like, "But mommy, I don't want to go, go to school, school today. today. Yeah, I want to stay home want- and make cookies with you." I used to call <laughs> that all the time. <laughs> Me too. I yeah. love that bit. No. Yeah. Always I love Daffy me. Duck in this film. He's pl- he's voiced face. by Dee Bradley, Dee Bradley Baker, who I think famously mm. nowadays is known for doing like the voice of Appa in Avatar and stuff. He's a very animal. Oh, cool. Uh, I think he did the bull as well. He he's known for doing animals and all that sort of stuff. Oh man, Daffy, so fucking fun. Daffy is the shit. Daffy would always my favorite. Yeah, I forgot how amazing it is when like Daffy decides to like show off. A, uh, <laughs> he does like the like the runway thing where he's like trying to show off his like gold da, outfit. Da, da, da. I'm getting you all that I want. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like got, two like, the seconds, but it's outfit. so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like so RuPaul's great. Drag Race. I love when so he, funny. Literally, yeah. I love it when like he, Dennis he Rodman. comes out. Yeah, I love when he comes out to, to, for the game, and he's the only one. The crowd don't cheer. <laughs> and it's like, great, let's all laugh at the duck. Daffy yeah, Duck is just us funny. all the time. And he would always, yeah. always my favorite. Just yeah. like his cartoons are like one that like really hold up because they're so meta. 
and they like constantly yeah. break the fourth wall and he would like <laughs> run out of frame and he would tear off the film and like, you know, like a Deadpool type character, but before yeah. that was really popular. And I, and there's a lot of jokes like that, a lot of like, yeah. um, you know, turning to camera and winking and like we're in on the joke, that sort of thing. Well, speaking of meta ducks, hey, uh, patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. You can head over there and uh, check out our Howard the Duck episode. Phil and I just did. Uh, we got sound, duck sound fever. Amazing. We got duck fever. So, of course, Danny DeVito. Oh, my God. Voice yeah. is Swackhammer. Um, Holy shit. There's so yeah, much I'm star watching uh, Always Funny again for yeah. like the third time at the moment and watching this. I'm like, oh, yeah. Danny DeVito, I forgot you're the bad guy. <laughs> and I'm glad you mentioned the name because by the end, I was like, I don't know what this guy's name is. Yeah. Does he have a name? I was like, <laughs> Moron Mountain. Is he like Mr. Moron? Like, who is he? And then you just told me Swaghammer, which would make the character infinitely better. Yeah, I think they do say Swaghammer, but like, I vividly remember that as a kid. So I must have had toys or something that said Swaghammer on it. Or whatever, or the video game. But, Do you think? Yeah, is it swag or swag? Swag. Oh, okay. Well, I'm like, saying swag hammer. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's got the swag because it's Danny <laughs> DeVito. So he's funny, dude. He's really exactly. funny in this. Good. Like Danny DeVito is never not funny. So he pulls it off. Like I love Danny DeVito. He killed him. And speaking of yeah. Always Sunny in Philadelphia, holy shit. Okay, so we have all these nerd lucks, the little, the little teeny. Nerd Lux, the little aliens yeah. that become the Monstars. Uh, there's so many yeah. voice actors in this film. I don't have them all because we'll be talking about them forever. And I'm aware reading out a bunch of names that you don't know who they are is kind of boring. But hey, Catherine like Reitman. <laughs> Catherine Reitman <laughs> plays the purple Nerd Luck. So Catherine Reitman is Ivan Reitman's daughter. She is oh. Maureen Ponderosa from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So oh, she that's funny. was like 15 years old voicing the little purple nerd luck. So yeah. Any love for the nerd lucks before <laughs> we move on? I love the nerd luck. I think they're yeah. funny. Are they're we there yet? Oh, we there yet? I love yeah, that the guy. The blue one's yeah. great. The blue one was always my favorite. <laughs> the little blue one. <laughs> All right. Where are we going? Right. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, in, he's right. It, it, in the rule book, we don't have to give them a chance. I, I think they're <laughs> so funny. <laughs> they're so fun yeah. I, I love them when they're small I love them when they're big I love that they finally get their they get their own at the back at the yeah. end of the movie yeah. like it's a fucking launch day to view it I had an idea watching it though and I, I said I said it to Dusty toward the end I was like I love Danny DeVito so much I would wish it was just Danny DeVito though I wish he wasn't voice. I wish it was him Live action. Oh, yeah. And I thought that would be interesting if he's the only yeah. human in space, right? And he's more stuck running a fucking amusement park. <laughs> yeah. And he's like coming to Earth for revenge. And that's how he knows the Looney Tunes live there. And he knows yeah. about Michael Jordan. And you could have done it that way. Mm. I did read that they had toyed with the idea of making mm. him an actual person, but then they decided to just create the Swack Hammer character. So I, I don't know. Swack. Like, yeah. But that would have been kind of fun. So Space Jam was the first feature film in history to combine such a large amount of traditional cartoon animation, live action, and three-dimensional computer graphics. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, of course, we had Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, back in what, the late 80s. I'm trying to think of the year. 89, I can't 88. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's always earlier than I think. I always yeah. think it's a mid-90s movie because it didn't become such a popular thing mm-hmm. until then. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, around Toy Story, but forget it way before those movies. Yeah. Way before. So this had the advantage of having a lot of basically computer graphics in here. We're in the dawn of the CGI era. So there was a little bit of mixture of that as well. So the classic animation department, like for Warner Brothers, was really overworked. They were supposed to handle the film and because, you know, they're handling all the Looney Tunes characters so and stuff. Much. There's so much. So yeah. they had to call on the newly formed feature animation division to handle the animation segments with Bruce Smith and Tony Cervone co-directing. Tony Cervone, I think, was pulled off of working on another film. So this is a time period where you have like Pixar happening, you know? Yeah, yeah. The year prior, we had uh, Toy Story. Was that 95? So it was like you had... 95, yeah. A groundbreaking sort of change in the style of animation that would change forever. And these 2D... <laughs> cartoons and stuff would really start to like die out around this time. So it was interesting that like they would just uh, pull someone off of a, a, their last one of the last big 2D films that they were pushing out to go work on a on Space Jam, but they had Tony Savon come on. Yeah. The post-production and the computer visual effects were created by Cinesite. And all in all, the production took 19 months while filming of like the Holy filming actually shit. took about 10 of them. And apparently that was actually half of the time that a lot of animated films would actually take. Cause they had like mm. 700 workers in 18 different studios around the world working on this film. It's a big movie. Yeah, it's big. It would break numerous records with roughly 1,043 composited shots. So those are like your, Basically, like Michael Jordan over top of 2D animation sort of thing or whatever. And mm-hmm. then you had around 1,100 special effects shots in around a 90 minute film. So these are like big, groundbreaking, sort of record breaking effects going on. The film was one yeah. of the first movies to be shot in a virtual studio. And Jordan basically, he was filmed in a 360 Jordan. degree <laughs> green screen with motion trackers. And I'll post a lot. I'll post some of these images. So you have Jordan in a green room, 360 degrees. Literally with dots. With dots all over the place. Jordan's dressed in his normal, his normal outfit, the Toon Squad jersey, whatever. And then you have basically a bunch of green suited NBA players or improv actors from the Groundlings Theater around him as placement identifiers for the animated characters. So that's sort of how they did it with Michael Jordan finding his eye line and stuff. Apparently some of them were on their knees running around when he was supposed to be looking down somewhere on uh, stools. He must have, like if he, he was must have felt like he was up. tripping. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like this is yeah. not going to come together. Like I would, you know, like he finally gets to watch the movie and he's like, yeah. Oh, so that's why I was like, <laughs> that's what <laughs> yeah. was happening. Yeah, must have been really crazy. So yeah, yeah I mean, he be. did the best yeah. he could. Oh yeah, yeah. like that would it be would. hard. I never want really buy it. I I I think you know when I watch it, I'm like I buy that he's in this base. Yeah, you know, since he crash lands in the world and Bug Bunny like gives him a kiss and like a yeah. exam and they like look through his brain and shit. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love it. that he has a paper I, clip I in his ear. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. The music. 
Holy shit. Okay, so... I mean, we thought we, we, thought we were going to, like, like pepper it throughout, throughout the episode. Yeah. But just have to give it its own segment. It's yeah. so, so good. So, the original score was done by James Newton Howard. It's pretty understated. It's, you know, it feels like a sort of 90s family comedy, blah, blah, blah. It's sort of like... I don't know, orchestra sounds here and there. It's got elements of looniness needed for the Looney Tunes. It's, you know, it's got on the its own. Same yeah. The... On its own, it's sort of lost in the film, but it had a lot of help because, again, the greatest original soundtrack of all time. I mean, I'm going to say that. I, it's holy shit. That? Holy shit. So <laughs> okay. Fucking good. It's so good. So you have. The Space Jam theme song that kicks off at the very beginning of the film by Quad City DJs. Come on, oh. the jail. Welcome to the jail. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It just like it gets you in the mood and you're ready. It gets you it's fucking such a, like, pumped up song. Yeah. You're ready to jam. Yeah. 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 It's so good. You also have For You I Will by Monaco, which was like the, I think the first single off of the off of the soundtrack, and it was a banger. And then possibly one of my favorite songs from this entire soundtrack. Hit them high, hit them high, hit them high, hit them high. Hit them high, hit them high, hit them high. It's the Monstars anthem <laughs> That's by a great one. Be Real of Cypress Hill. You have Coolio, yes. Method Man, yes. LL Cool Method J, Man. and Buster Rhymes. Basically, oh my God, fucking Wrecking Crew, dude. Yeah, and they're singing basically as the Monstars. Like, the, like, it's amazing. It's such a great it's song. Genius. You, they, it's genius. They so could have good. done a whole album of Monstar. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's seriously oh, so something they have to get right with the new one. The fucking soundtrack. Yeah, how are okay. they going to do it? How are they going to do it? Like, there's no over. way. <laughs> you got to do, no it. You gotta do it like they did. Like, there's no way. But I guess you could do it like... Uh, like a Black Panther or like a Spider Verse thing where you get like you get some hip hop producer or rapper like Kendrick did the Black Panther thing and you curate it and you bring a bunch of people together yeah. and they're singing to a theme or in character yeah. and it it can really work <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but they better not forget I feel like they're just gonna stick a bunch of I think they'll probably stick a bunch of the old stuff in I want to hit a Space Jam theme. Yeah, you gotta. Oh, yeah. You almost have to have the Space Jam theme in it. Like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset if they did a lot of the same songs. To be honest, because this soundtrack is fire. It's really yeah. good. Michael Jordan yeah, apparently fun. had a lot to do with it as well. Like, apparently he helped pick songs and he he helped craft. Because if you watch The Last Dance, you'll see that Michael Jordan's well into his music and uh, that meme that goes yeah. around of Michael Jordan <laughs> listening to his music, not not caring about what Karen's saying and stuff. You know. Yeah, it's good. I love it. Yeah. And I took that personally. Another great song. And again, 1996. We're one year removed from Batman Forever, which was uh, previously one of our favorite soundtracks. Kiss from a Rose by Sill. So the next year, why not? Back at it again. Fly Like an Eagle, a cover of Steve Miller Band's song, which is amazing. And it's such a good, oh, such a good cover. It's such a good cover. I like an eagle. Great cover. I didn't realize the cover for years. I, it's a <laughs> yeah. fun song. It, it it's sounds, so good. So it, it sounds. It's just. It's amazing. It's amazing, and it makes me want to like play basketball. <laughs> yeah, 
Exactly. It's like it's an anthem for Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, it's like makes me want to jam. Watch, <laughs> you can watch Michael Jordan highlight clips by like just listening to "Fly Like an Eagle." It's so good. Okay, basketball Jones. By basketball Jack. Oh, basketball. Barry Jones. White, and let this just sit there maybe for that's next why. week. Maybe, <laughs> maybe next week. Maybe next week. Uh, Barry White and Chris Rock. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen the movie yet. I don't know. <laughs> Basketball Jones. Again, it's a great song, and it, it, it plays during the one of the funniest bits. That's the funniest scene in the entire film for me. Hey, can like, I play? So good. You know, hey, can I, I can't play? not it's hear so funny. it. <laughs> can I play? <laughs> I love, like, yeah, I just love how, like, it just fits with that scene so well. Because I think that was one of the songs that was also, like, made for the film. It was like a, a cover of an old Cheech and Chong song actually so they like really? Cheech Marin was doing all the like high pitch songs and like the high pitch uh, voices and Chris Rock did it in this version and then Barry White doing all the really That's deep funny. stuff but they remade it with a sort of hip hop sort of vibe to it really good and of course I mean, the problematic fave. Problematic fave, but I mean, holy shit. Not the shit. person. Not the person. Not the person. The fuck, person. Separating the art from the person because this classic. guy's a piece of shit, but I believe I can fly. Written specifically for this movie by R. Kelly. The movie won starts a Grammy. and ends with it. They know what they're doing. Yeah. It won a Grammy. It's, it's one of the biggest songs yeah. ever. R. And Kelly's best song and only good song. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,. Yeah, I don't really yeah. care about the rest of this it, stuff. This song is good, bad. though. Ignition, <laughs> yeah. The remix edition of the song about pissing. <laughs> R. Kelly is a piece of crap. I mean, uh, you know, there. Yeah. I don't yeah, see how he never got in trouble for all the shit he did in the past. Because, uh, good God, he did a lot of stuff. For a long it's time. hard to believe that he's only now, you know, got eyes on him in the last, like, proper got eyes on him in for the last, you. like, you know, few years. But. Anyway, screw R. Kelly, but this song is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, it's it's crazy a cla- it's a classic song and it works for this for film the as well. Movie and it yeah, it just gets again just gets you in the mood. It's low key and it's it's cheesy but in the right way. Yeah, it works for this movie. It's so attached to this movie. That's one they can leave out in the sequel. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't need it. <laughs> Probably for the best. Yeah. But it worked in 1996. Uh, the soundtrack peaked at number two on the U.S. Billboard 200, which is fucking mega. I'm going to look was... for this album on vinyl or some shit. I need to have it. I think it's they did so re-release good. it. I, I don't know. Maybe someone like Mondo or something could do a big re-release. But I think they did re-release it on, on vinyl at some point. Not Mondo, but I'm saying Mondo should do it. Yeah. Uh, it was they certified double platinum in January of 1997. Goddamn right. And in 2001, the soundtrack was certified six times platinum. <laughs> I like to. It's one of the best albums. <laughs> yeah, I like to say this is like this is one album as a child that I definitely owned on cassette tape. Uh, and I remember being on the school bus and stuff. You had to show off your Jordans and stuff if you had them. You know, there was always crep checks on the back of the bus. You know, you get made fun of if you had increases or something in, in your in your flays or whatever. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we would talk about this fucking soundtrack on the bus, and just like everyone had a favorite song. It was a revelation. It. So good. Yeah, What's there's a lot of other good songs. 
Uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's a. It's between Pump basketball Jones. That's another good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot of good stuff okay, on I'll here. Um, basketball Jones or uh, Hit 'Em High, the Monsters Anthem. Those two are just <laughs> probably Hit 'Em High. It's so good. Hit 'Em High. So hit 'Em High. Hit 'Em High. Yeah, that's a good one. Space Jam was released in November of 1996, grossing over 90 million dollars in the U.S. and Canada. And 140 million in other territories for a total of 230.4 million dollars on an 80 million dollar budget, making it the highest grossing basketball movie ever. I think it's the best basketball movie. I mean, there's some good some good basketball films, but this one's up there for sure. White man can't jump. (laughs) White man can't jump. Coach Carter. I'm sure one of the Airbud. OG Airbud. Yeah. The OG air butted basketball. Yeah. There you go. Um, Cable guy. I I would say <laughs> I would say I like for pure nostalgia, like uh this film hit so hard, but in the film that it un unseated for uh being the highest grossing basketball film of all time was White Man Can't Jump. So White Man Can't Jump is strong. I love that film. He got game and great and semi pro oh, yeah. great. But I'm thinking of one with with uh above the rim. You seen that movie? The two-pack movie? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Whatever. Yeah, sorry. That's a good one. That's no, sorry. one I, I kind of remember. Also There's Love and Basketball as well. This was pretty fun as well. Yeah, yeah. And Double Team for our Disney Channel original movie fans out there. Fun film. <laughs> <laughs> so critics that? of Space Jam were pretty mixed on the film. So you had Roger Ebert. Boy, we, he's been popping up too much. Lately. Oh, great! Um, but this is in great. his wheelhouse. I wonder what he has to say. He actually called it a it. happy marriage of good ideas, and he gave the film three and a half stars. So yeah, not bad. Goddamn right, I'm happy with that. Other critics uh, weren't too happy with it. Some were saying it lacked coherence and cohesiveness. And TV Guide probably gave it the what? funniest sort of review they said uh they only gave the film two stars and they they called it a cynical attempt to cash in on the popularity of warner brothers cartoon characters and basketball player michael jordan inspired by a nike commercial yeah that's exactly I what don't it was i think you could i, I think <laughs> that's right but i don't think you can dismiss something that took 20 months of work yeah so easily at a fucking cash grab as if it was easy and quick to do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, obviously, a lot of people had to care about it for it to get made. I'm getting defensive now. <laughs> like, what? I'm what, with what you, man. I think picture? this is great, but I'm also oh, well aware of the fact that my parents spent a lot of money on Space Jam merchandise <laughs> when I was a little kid. So. It worked. Yeah, yeah. It worked. I still want some Air Jordans, yeah. bro. Yeah, I was looking at, like, fucking Toon Squad jerseys, like, <laughs> like oh, man. the other day. For so. sure. Yeah. One of the biggest critics of the film, though, was veteran Looney Tunes slash Mary Melody's director, Chuck Jones. Shit. Oh, no. So in 1998, he gave an interview and he expressed his views that the film was terrible. And he said, as a man who worked with the characters for almost 30 years, the story was deeply flawed. I can tell you with utmost confidence that Porky Pig would never say, I I think I wet myself. (laughs) Uh. <laughs> Jones also added that uh, had the film been more true to the source material, Bugs Bunny would never have enlisted the help of Michael Jordan or the other Looney Tune characters to defeat the Munstars, or moreover, that it wouldn't have taken him an hour and a half to do so. He said that those aliens 
whether they were tiny or colossal would have been dealt with in a short order come the seven minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> God. That's a good joke. Yeah. But who I cares? I mean, yeah, I guess he's right. Yeah, yeah. Who cares, Chuck? I mean, I, I get you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm on a board because it is a, like I I'm said with, at the it beginning. It doesn't touch the classic it's, Looney Tunes, but it's kind of, it's a stupid Yeah, take movie. the leap. But take it's the awesome. leap with us. Yeah. It's a dumb movie, but it's awesome. It has an awesome soundtrack. It's got Michael Jordan in it. It made a ton of money and the kids loved it. I loved it as a kid. And, you know, even bigger was the amount of money they made on merchandise and stuff. Like I said, Space Jam was crazy. Mm. It had like expanded into a media franchise. There was comics, video games, like t-shirts, dolls, so much shit. And it apparently had garnered an estimated like $6 billion in revenue, like after all that shit. So holy shit. Mm-hmm. what else is there left to talk about as we close up it's uh the sequel the future the sequel what yeah i want to talk to you about this what do you think you think it's a good a good thing bad thing a good idea would, so they're making a sequel obviously for anyone yeah. who doesn't know big jam a new legacy yeah i think it's called mm-hmm. um they i think they've done it that they've shared some like a few tea tea to shot and like other packages, I don't think we we haven't got a proper trailer yet. We were looking for one the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll, and it will be. I'm I'm guessing obviously a similar premise, um, but with LeBron James Who knows? in yeah. the MJ role. They've been planning this thing since like forever. I mean, there was planning for a sequel all the way back in 1997. They had actually created mm-hmm. a character called Berserk O, who was supposed to come and start a new <laughs> basketball competition. Joe Pica was supposed to return. They should have done Michael- a different sport every time. <laughs> well, so, okay. So there's a long history with the sequel. So Joe Pica was supposed to return. Michael Jordan never agreed to do a sequel. So they canceled Space Jam 2. And then there was several Smart. potential sequels that had popped up. We had Spy Jam with Jackie Chan. It basically ended up becoming You're messing with the me. basis for Looney Tune back in action. And for some reason they had Brendan Fraser. Okay. Oh, I'm so angry. I like back in action. Like I just said, and Brendan Fraser yeah. is the man, but you're telling me I could have got <laughs> by jam with Jackie Chan. I will forever be disappointed. They had race jam oh. with a uh, race jam. What a fucking name race jam. It's like Not race bad. war race and jam. fast and the furious race war. Uh-huh. So race jam race would have been a, a vehicle. Pardon the pun uh, for Jeff Gordon as a, uh, is a racing movie, but who cares? Like Jeff and Gordon, really? The Pixar like, movie cars. Who gives sh- Michael Jordan? Everyone else. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky in a hockey movie. They could have done that. That's about equal. Called it Ice Skate Jam. Skate Jam. Well, one Skate second on Skate Jam. They were thinking of doing a golf-centered film with Tiger Woods, which I don't know what that would have been. Tiger called. Jam. Tiger Jam. Check Jam. Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Rehab and jam. Then there was skate jam with Tony Hawk. Even better. Yeah, ignore that. Tony Hawk, yeah. Tony that Hawk could have been an interesting game. one. Tiger Woods, maybe. Jackie Chan, definitely. But yeah, uh, they never happened. What a waste. What a waste of my view. All the movies I have seen that yeah. I would would gladly give up. To watch any of those movies. Yeah. 
what a waste of all the money I, I would have spent on that as a little kid. I can't, I mean, dude, Space Jam was 1996 and it took them until 2003, I think, to do Looney Tunes back in action. And that's probably why I don't have much memories of Looney Tunes back in action because by that point I was 14 years old and I didn't give a shit. So I'm, I'm telling you it's good. <laughs> and it's not outdated in Space Jam. LeBron James was first linked to the sequel all the way back in 2014. And his production company, Spring Hill Entertainment, ended up signing a deal with Warner Brothers to for him to star in the film in 2015. And this was off the back of him being a train wreck. Uh, and then we had mm-hmm. people like 2016, Justin Lin from Fast and Furious was attached to direct. He left in 2018. Yeah. Ryan Coogler was named as the producer. Yeah. And... Then you had Malcolm uh, D. Lee attached as the director. So that's where we're at now. And LeBron James, you know, in 2020, finally announced the title being Space Jam, A New Legacy. Should it happen? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they showed off the new journey and shit. I don't know, I'm in, man. I'm in two ways about it, dude. Because one, Space Jam is such a product of its time. Like the way we've been talking about it has been mostly with like through the nostalgia of that era of that time and, yeah, it's hard to think back like sure. if they could do that now it's hard to think i don't know but also lebron james i don't feel like pardon me but i don't feel like he's the star that michael jordan is lebron james is without a doubt one of the greatest basketball players ever if not he might be better like might be better than michael jordan at just skills and stuff but at the same time he didn't he doesn't have that it factor that you a boy no. from London would know who he was like as a little kid exactly. that millions and billions of people around the world would know who he is lebron james is like i just don't like he's a star but i don't think he's that big of a star basketball is like huge but it doesn't feel like it's as big as it was in the 90s it's a really weird thing no, i don't know not. but LeBron James is a better actor than <laughs> Michael Jordan. He is. And he's yeah. wonderful in Trainwreck, easily the best thing about the film. So who knows? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I I feel the I feel the kind of same way I think that's about the what you just said and about the right way of thinking thinking about it. I think it, yeah, the original thought of uh it one of a kind, it's such a product of the nineties. And I think it's a sort of an attempt to cash in on that nostalgia but it's so connected to that that even the title space jam jam was such a thing yeah it was the colloquial term for basketball and it was in music and everything but nobody said that anymore um and you know i'm more than happy to see the looney tune come back and i get in the most recognized version of them in movies lebron james yeah with no dis- <laughs> no yeah no disrespect in not the Michael Jordan, but he is very funny and a good actor. We saw in Trainwreck. So yeah, I'm in. I'm in two minds as well. I'll probably watch yeah. it. Like, why not? Of all the fucking shit Hollywood makes, I'm down for a fucking big jam sequel. Why not? I love <laughs> yeah. the original, and I'll I'll watch it, and it probably will. I can imagine what it be, and it will yeah. hit a lot of familiar beats. And I don't think it will do anything new, and that's fine. That's what I would appreciate more. If you're going to do a new Looney Tunes movie, but I don't know. I, I think that the, it's a similar conversation with any sort of yeah. remake and reboot. And there's a lot coming out this year. And this, this is just one of 
the ones I'm more interested in and it's a great excuse to talk about the original, I guess. Yeah. If it just turns more people onto the original, it's cool with me. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm hoping they do. I mean, like, something really great. I hope great it's great. There. Because, yeah, again, the Looney Tunes are great. I feel like they kind of get left behind, like, uh, with all mm. that goes on in cart, like, with cartoons and stuff. Um, yeah. I feel like you don't, you don't get these films like that anymore and it's it'll be fun to have them back they're great characters and yeah i mean lebron james has been following in the shadows of michael jordan his entire career you know he like wears 23 <laughs> he, he he's like you know one of the greatest basketball players ever and people always compare him to michael jordan so why not give why him more not? reason to yeah. compare him to michael jordan to like have to follow in the footsteps of him with a crazy thing like space jam so I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah. Hopefully it's really fun and good. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. But if you want to step back in time as we're closing up here and <laughs> into basically 90s internet, go to spacejam.com. Warner Brothers bought that domain back in March of 1996. And after 25 years, it's still up. It's still up. And it looks oh, no way. like a 90s website. So that's amazing. So yeah, go back in time they even still have the if you go to the soundtrack oh my god you're right yeah if you go to the soundtrack section it still talks about how you can get like a a a cassette tape or if you order now you might get a poster a space jam poster so it's like yes cool that's really so adorable i I wish they like they still had like the merch and stuff to buy (laughs) that'd be so funny yeah it's really cool anyway that's us for uh, Space Jam. I just, I don't know. It's a fun film. It's not, it's not great, but it's amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might love it. It's a bit, yeah. You might hate it, especially if you've never seen yeah. it before. But I recommend watching it. I think it's like, I think it's a good time. Bug Bunny and Michael Jordan. You can't go wrong. Just put on that soundtrack, if if anything. If nothing else, listen to us about the Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I, and then go watch The Last Dance. So Just good. get 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 your mind wrapped around Michael. Drew. Do that. He's amazing. And Last yeah. Dance will make you want to watch Space Jam. Yeah, definitely. Maybe watch Last You'll Dance and be then craving watch Space for Jam. more Jordan. Yeah, so good. And then Such watch Like time. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As always, you can find us at the PCC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, or you can send us an email at podcast.princecharlescinema.com. What do you think of Space Jam? Let us know. And also, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash the PCC Podcast. For $5 or more a month, you get bonus episodes. Uh, We just released Howard the Duck. Like we said, there's some other fun stuff coming. There's a lot of stuff in the back. We were talking about Trainwreck in one episode. If you want to hear more about LeBron, my thoughts on LeBron, myself and Ariane. Anyway, Head over there. LeBron James. LeBron James. If anything, you can follow me at Tall for All, T-A-L-L, the number four, A-L-L, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And Phil, where can they find you, and what are you up to? Nothing. At Far Away Dad on Twitter and in real life. Dog Nimet on the the gram. And I'm not up to anything. Another day. uh, Yeah. Every day is the same. And Lockdown 3.0. Yeah. Just, you know, just be watching stuff and talking yeah. about stuff and then going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, if you, I got nothing going on. If you're, if you're, if you've not had enough of this yet for some reason, somehow, 
Uh, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com and check out our website there where we've got all the other podcasts we're doing. Like Ariane's a drip town Lemery, Maine. She's got a great little episode out there where she's talking about uh, John Tucker must die. Really fun. And then also myself and Phil, Breadcrumbs, the Breadcrumbs pod. Check it out because doing a little silly two-parter about this thing called the Barefoot Bandit. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. You want to hear about it's a kid a who steals a, a plane? I, I didn't know anything about it. Trust me. You want to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So check it out. Part one's out. Uh, actually, by the time this episode's out, part two should be out as well. Anyway, breadcrumbs cool. pod. Thanks, guys. We love you. Um, yeah, Space Jam. Jam it. Space Jam. Jordan. Jordan. Come on and jam. And <laughs> welcome to the jam. Yeah. <laughs>